Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. I'd like to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me there. As you can see, I'm out on the road today traveling. We are in Southern California, Pastor Kelly and I, having a good time ministering the gospel and traveling, lifting up the name of Jesus. So I'm honored to have you with me today as we are meeting in Mark chapter 2 to have a good time in the Word of God today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your Word, we thank you that the entrance of your Word brings light. And we thank you that light, that understanding, gives us the solutions to to the various problems and challenges that we face in life. And we thank you for helping us to overcome every obstacle and to move forward in the path that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And let's agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 2, and we're going to begin today in verse 1. And again he entered Capernaum, and after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. My friends, we always want to preach the word. We want to share the gospel. We also want to teach it, which is to explain it. And it is that preaching of the word that inspires hope, that releases faith, that allows us to step into the miracles that God has made available for us to enjoy. Now, verse 3. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic man who was carried by four men. So we have a paralyzed man. He's unable to move. He's on a stretcher, or we could call it like a transportable type bed. And he's carried by four men. Praise God. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. Now this is fascinating. There's a crowd. They can't get to their designated spot. What do they do? Do they give up and quit and turn around? No, they continue on, and they are quite innovative in their approach. So they go up on the roof. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. So they broke through. And I think that while we know that God is the Lord of the breakthrough, as we see demonstrated in the life of David, when he had a tremendous victory over the Philistines, he said, he said, this is Baal Perizim, the Lord of the breakthrough. And so we know the Lord is of the breakthrough, but we also need to understand that we need to do all that we can, even if it's natural things, to break through in the natural. And then when we push ourselves and do all that we can in the natural, that's when God will come and do his breakthrough part. But we can't put it all on the Lord. We have to break through to the best of our ability. And then, of course, the Lord, we know he's never going to fail. He will break through and do his part as well. So in this case, really the only option was to do something quite unorthodox, to get out of the box. And so they went up on the roof and they broke through. Now, I think it's fascinating because it's a little bit of the uh, untold story. Uh, You can only imagine all of the noise and chaos that was going on when Jesus was preaching. I've actually had to preach before when people were walking on the roof. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we just went went right on with it and uh, stayed in the Spirit. And God 
got accomplished what he wanted to do. But Jesus was amazing at this. You can imagine four men up on the roof banging around and uh, tearing open the tiles. And this is not just some little hole that they're going to open up to lower the guy through. It, the hole has to be big enough to lower the whole stretcher down. And so Jesus didn't miss a beat, just kept right on preaching. And there is something about the anointing to preach or the anointing to stay in your, your assignment that the distractions, they may be there. Sometimes you don't even notice them. And I've had my wife tell me after meeting Stephen, we, we tried to keep that tremendous noise or these things that happen from, uh, uh, from your, uh, you know, observation or from your knowledge and uh we're sure you noticed it i would say no i I never noticed anything i I wasn't even aware of that you know maybe some kind of commotion or something like that and you don't find out till later but a lot of that has to do with the anointing you just keep right on going even even should that be somebody ripping the roof apart right above your head now verse five when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven you I want to camp a little bit around this phrase of Jesus uh, of when it says, He saw their faith. And what I would like to try to do today in our short time together this morning is to remove this mystery that is so often uh, seems to cloud miracles. And sometimes people don't understand how can you actually see faith. But, I mean, they would, they would argue it's an intangible substance from the uh, perspective of trying to identify it from the physical realm or feel it or touch it. But here Jesus, he actually says that he saw their faith. And there are actions, there are things that we can do that demonstrate to God that we really do believe that our faith is there. And we're ready to go for this. And of course, when you break through with that type of approach, now the Lord is going to break through for you. Jesus saw their faith. So the Lord in your life, um, he will look at your life to try to find these types of works, these expressions of faith. And he must see that you are willing to take necessary steps forward in the path that he has for your life. Now, you wouldn't, for example, carry four, you know, you, you get, get together with all your friends and carry a guy up on the roof and go through all this motion procedure if you didn't really believe that something good was going to happen in the sense that this guy is going to get healed. You wouldn't go through all of that if you weren't sure. But these men are persuaded, and the guy on the stretcher is persuaded that this is not some kind of just like futile exercise that's, you know, maybe going to get on the front page of the paper, but that's all that's going to be just a, you know, kind of a crazy story. No, they're convinced that if they can get to him, they're going to, there's going to be a healing that's going to take place with a paralyzed man. So that is faith. And then along with your faith, your belief, there's going to be these, what we would call corresponding actions. That's what James the apostle talked a lot about. Faith without works is dead. So there has to be works there has to be something where Jesus can see your faith. He has to see your faith. And these are things that will be visible before the miracle ever takes place. Praise God. So by examining this and looking at it, we can take this mystery out of so many miracles, the mystery of why some break through and perhaps others don't, just by looking for these expressions of faith. 
praise the Lord. And we see it here because, stop and think about it just for a moment. In order to break through like these guys did, they, of course, are going to need a stretcher to get the man to the meeting, get him up on the get him up on the roof. They're going to need a ladder. They're going to need some ropes. And I'm not quite sure how they're pulling all of this stuff together, but they're doing it. And, you know, while these aren't metal roofs or, you know, like a commercial type roof where you got, you know, you know, perhaps metallic structures you've got to break through, uh, most likely tile or whatever it might be. So they're just going to go right through that. But even still, you probably need a hammer, <laughs> maybe a small uh, uh, pry bar, like a crowbar or something like that. So you can pop those tiles out. So these are all expressions of faith, gathering all of these things together. Okay, this is what we're going to need. Who's going to get the ladder? I've got some ropes. Let's get some straps so the paralyzed man, you know, in case we tilt this stretcher sideways while we're trying to lower him down, he doesn't roll off. <laughs> we wouldn't want him to get killed before his miracle. <laughs> Woo, Paul, two stories, you know, onto a hard floor or something like that. Okay, so these are expressions of faith, and Jesus saw their faith. He he could see all of these little minute details. And, of course, the big one, which is that they have opened up the roof and they're lowering this guy down for the miracle moment. But don't ever forget that before the miracle moment happens, you've at least got to get there. You know, people say, well, so-and-so was healed in the miracle crusade, you know. Well, thank God he got there. I mean, it's not like somebody held his, held a gun to his head and said, now you've got to go to this miracle crusade in order to get healed. No, he obviously went out of his own will. Sometimes uh, people can badger you. Have you ever met those Holy Spirit Christians that are like really good badgerers? Look, you need to come with me to the meeting or you need to watch this program. It'll really bless you or whatever. And you, you just finally give in, you know. <laughs> we need people like that in the body of Christ because usually sinners, they're not too interested in God. So you have to sometimes be very persistent. Stay with it. Look, you need to come to the meeting or you need to watch these shows or there's something important here that you need to hear. And if you'll keep doing that, eventually, maybe just to get you off their back, they'll say, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> and the next thing you know, their life is altered by the gospel, and they have given their heart to the Lord as well. So we just stay with it. And Jesus could see all of these little minute details that they're showing up. They're there. They're not going to be denied. They're even going to extreme measures where they're breaking through. They're doing all they can in the natural. And when you do that, when you really um, put in your due diligence, when you uh, put in the time, and you lay the best game plan you can, and you start to implement that, eventually, God's going to come on the scene. But you have to have the works. Today, we have a lot of, uh, of young believers in the church, and maybe they're older as far as physical age, but young spiritually in the sense where there's constant talk of, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And you know, a year goes by, five years goes by, a decade goes by, and nothing's ever been done. And if you were to actually look and examine, you would realize they have no steps that they are planning on implementing to get to where they're saying they're going to arrive at. So I think that we can remove this element of mystery, even around the aura of miracles, when we see that if we will break through, if we will push ourselves and do all that we can, where we are giving valid expressions of our faith, then God will see that. And it's only a matter of time before the miracle happens. Now, you can't let up. You have to keep going. But if you keep going and you're constantly laying out 
expressions of faith, where God can see your faith, you're on the right path and you, re- you will reach a manifestation where the miracle comes to pass in your life. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to a great example found in 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7, we'll begin there in verse 12. And this is fascinating concerning the building of the temple. And when you think about the house of God, now this would be the one that Solomon is going to end up building. Uh, But even still, back in that ancient day, this was an extremely complex system incorporating all of these various chambers, all of these sub-chambers, the things beneath the ground that were uh, the tunnels into the bedrock, and even uh, advanced sand hydraulic technology that they had learned from the Egyptians that were implemented in certain parts of the temple system, and many other things of how to get the water uh, into these, uh, into the mikvahs, the ritual baths, and how do we get the water uh, to an elevated pl- uh, place where we can have the ample amount of water needed for the cleansing with all of the blood and all of the animal sacrifices. So there had to be a lot of purification. You've got to wash all of that away. There needs to be a system to remove that, a very advanced water system. So let's look for a moment concerning uh, this area of the building of the temple or giving expressions of faith, of works that the Lord can see that will eventually lead to the completion, the completion of a miracle, or in this case, the completion of a phenomenal building project. Now, we're in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Let's go directly to verse 12. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, catch that. That's very important. He shall build a house for my name. Now, the Lord is giving an amazing blessing, an amazing promise to David. And he's saying, your son is going to raise up for me a house. Now, we know that David is not going to be the one that builds the temple, but it's going to be his son. Well, here's the thing. Even though Solomon is going to build it, David's going to get so much of it pre-prepared. He's going to get building materials. He's going to get, uh, whether it's things like nails or whether it's things like wood and timber or certain types of stone, even gold and other materials that would be of great value, he's going to start collecting that. And there's going to come a time when his son is going to assemble it all, put it together. And so really for a a gigantic project like that, when it does come time to build, then you're going to need a world-class general contractor. And guess who the man for the job was? It was Solomon himself. After all, if you want to build the most magnificent structure that the world has ever seen, you probably should have the best building contractor that the world has ever seen. And nobody could build like Solomon with all of that wisdom, all of that genius being implemented into the design and structure of the temple. And as we know, it came out to be extremely well-built, and uh, it it was something that was an attraction for the whole world. It became a worldwide uh, place that you would want to go just to see it. And of course, to hear Solomon talk and dispense his wisdom in his daily discourses. My friends, what a blessing. But let's go now 
to an amazing scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 8. And we're going to see something very, very interesting. 2 Chronicles chapter 8. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I've always found this to be a beautiful verse. Let's go to verse 16. Now all the work of Solomon was well ordered from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished. So it was extremely well ordered. What is order? It is the proper arrangement of things. And it's not only putting things in their proper place, whether it's the, you know, the clean clothes go here, the dirty clothes go here, the spoons go here, the forks, the forks and knives go over here in their various places. But my friends, it's also really things that you need to have in order or a, a stepping method towards going towards your miracle. And when you have order, then, and God sees that, when you, when you are creating that order and structuring that order, that actually is an expression of faith. Sometimes people want to skip from A to Z. They want to go straight to a miracle. And there are times when God can do that, uh, especially when there's time limits. In other words, uh, you know, if you're about to die or maybe somebody did die, or, you know, the Lord wants to raise them up or something like that. Sometimes God will go straight to the end point because that's what's needed. But when you're just more consistent with your daily life and you're moving forward and forward, then God also expects us to abide by his instructions, which are the just shall live by faith. So by faith, we're going to develop some plans. We're going to develop some steps that we can keep taking and keep moving forward so that God's miracle blessing can come upon that because he's honoring the steps that we're taking, which are what? An expression of our faith. Praise God. So, in the King James Version, it says that all the work of Solomon was prepared from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord. New King James Version says it was well ordered. So, they both work together. It's both contained within the original Hebrew word. It's prepared it's stuff that you do in order to set it all up for what you're believing God to eventually manifest. Praise God. It's prepared. It's well ordered. And it begins with, if it's a house, for example, it begins with the foundation. And if you're going to have a foundation and you're going to have to lay the plumbing and you're going to, maybe you want a, you know, a basement or something like that. Really, as you start getting into all of your thoughts concerning this, let's talk about a house, for example. You're going to realize, hey, I need a blueprint. Now, if you want to go on the internet and purchase one from all of these blueprint companies, you know, you have house.com or whatever it might be, you know, you can get a blueprint set for $800, and that's all the blueprints needed for your contractor and for your builders and stuff like that, and of course, a copy for you. <laughs> But if you're, if you're wanting to do something that's more of a custom design, well, you can also get a blueprint and then have it modified, pay an architect to modify it. Or you can create something completely on your own where you sit down with an architect with, uh, you know, maybe some samples or examples of what you would like to see implemented into a plan. And from a blank sheet, you just say, hey, let's start creating. But here's the thing. If you're wanting really to build your own structure, you're wanting to build your own house, such as the house of the Lord, which Solomon has been charged with, then you're going to need some blueprints. 
You're going to need some blueprints. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a person saying, praise God, I'm going to build a house. Now, the first thing God's going to think in his mind is, where are your blueprints? And some people think, well, uh, yeah, I'm just going to do it. It's just somehow going to happen. God's going to give me the money. But, you know, even if you have the money, you, you know, and, and you're going to build a house, eventually you're going to have to tell the builders <laughs> what it is you want built. You can't just say, well, throw something up. <laughs> well, they don't know. Do you, do you want, you know, French country? Do you want you know, like an Americana design? Or do you want, you know, country living design? Or, you know, what is it you want? They have no idea. So you're going to have to be able to pull out blue, uh, blueprints. But here's the thing. Before the house is ever built, built before the foundation even and we're talking the basics even before you lay a foundation you're going to have to have a blueprint for that because as soon as you pour that foundation something's going to be stacked on top of it that's the structure of the house itself so the whole thing the end result has to be planned out before you even start well let's just do the foundation pastor steve and then we'll figure out later what to put on it no, you need to know the final thing going into that house before you even pour the foundation. It's all got to be planned out, all of it, before you start. Now, sure, you can make some small changes later. If you want to change out the faucets, the faucets and go with the mowing instead of a Kohler or something like that, that that's, that's easy. That's no big deal right there. You know, you want to paint the walls a different color than what you had planned. That, that's, that's not structural stuff. But these other things that are structural, they have to all be pre-planned because you can't change them later. If you have a load-bearing wall, you can't change that later. You have to have it all planned, my friends. Glory to God. And that's what the Lord wants to do in your life. He wants to help you, like Solomon, where you have everything pre-planned. Now, all the work of Solomon was well-ordered from the day of the foundation. I mean, from day one. They were on it. Everything was planned out. This is where it's going. This is how wide. This is how long. This is the depth that we're going to make the, uh, the foundation stones. Everything was planned to the detail. And if you will do that concerning the miracle that you want God to do in your life, you'll find out that you start removing a lot of the mystery of miracles. <laughs> you find out that, hey, there's a part for me to break through. Not just God to break through. Yes, it's going to take God. That Any miracle, it's never going to happen without God. We understand that. But so often we just, we're trusting on God to do the whole thing. But those four men got up on the roof and they broke through first. And you must break through. You, you must get moving. You must do what you can. And all of that movement in an orderly fashion, you know, whether it's Solomon getting an extensive blueprint. I mean, it's not unusual when you get into uh, higher end commercial buildings that, you know, let's say the building's going to cost $70 million. It's not unusual at all that just the blueprints alone can cost $700,000. Now, if you're wanting to build a nice house, let's say a custom home or something like that, maybe you're looking at blueprints that are $10,000. If you're something that's already pre-planned, you can grab it off the internet, maybe $1,000 or $800. But regardless, if it's that or the glorious temple with all of its complexity that Solomon built, you're going to need those blueprints and you're going to have to start with that. Or if it's just as simple as grabbing a hammer, who's going to get the ladder? Hey, I've got some ropes. Now let's get it all together. Let's get him down there to where Jesus is at. And uh, let's get this going. And, and we, yeah, there's the crowd. No, no problem. Got the ladder. 
<laughs> we're not stopping. We are not stopping. The, the finish line, when we cross the finish line, it's his healing. After he's healed, now he can, he's up on his own. He can go, he's healed. He can walk. He can go get a job. <laughs> okay. We're not going to carry him forever. <laughs> Praise God. But until we cross the finish line, we're going to do all we can. And we're going to have structure and order to it. Anytime God shows up on the scene, uh, he begins to remove chaos and confusion. God begins to instill order. You see it in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Well, there was darkness and there was chaos and there was, you know, every, everything was just uh, uh, undeveloped and out of order and things like that. God starts creating order. And also in the church, we know that the Holy Spirit anointed the Apostle Paul to say, let all things be done decently decently and in order. Now, again, let all things. We, we want the Holy Spirit to move and we want the Word to be ministered, but even in areas where there can be the moving of the Spirit and uh, the power of God is falling and things like that, we still want that to be done in order as well. Praise God. Let all things be done decently and in order. And when we have this order in our lives, then it will accelerate us on the path of crossing the finish line where we actually have the miracle, where the temple is built. And yes, it got built. It, it took a while. It took years to build it. Seven years, if I'm correct. That's a long time, day and night, seven years. But my friends, they got it done and all of that planning. Now, somebody could say it's a miracle. <laughs> In some ways it was, sure. But still, we cannot overrule the fact that there is a lot of planning there was strategic setting down and thinking, what will the next step be? What is the best sequential order to walk this out? And if you'll do that concerning what it is that you're wanting God to do in your life concerning that area of a miracle, then you'll see that God will honor your faith. Now, it's an amazing statement. Jesus saw their faith. Can he look at your life today? concerning that thing that you're believing him to do in your life, that thing that's so special that you want him to do? Can he look at your life and see faith? Perhaps you have uh, a son or a daughter that's gone off into sin and uh, they're not serving God anymore. Well, uh, Pastor Stephen, I'm just praying. Well, along with your praying, have you anticipated their return? Uh, have you made room for them at the table, as we could say? Is there, is there uh, sitting for them there at the table? You know, the, the, the prodigal son, he left, but the father was standing out there looking every day, looking. Because why? He knows that son's going to come over that hill, <laughs> returning <laughs> and repenting. And so he's ready. Yeah, it, it's not like he caught him off guard. Well, oh, son, we, we thought you were gone forever. <laughs> no. <laughs> he knew. He knew that he was a covenant man, and he knew that God's hand was still upon his son, even though the son was in rebellion uh, and, and out living in sin. He knew that because of his prayers, that boy's coming back one day, and he's out there looking every day. He's out there looking down that road because he knows he's going to come. So you have to, you have to be ready to throw the party. Praise God. Well, we'll figure out the party when he shows up. No, go ahead and get the party figured out now. Hallelujah. Why? Because he's coming. If you really believe he's coming, then you make preparation. If you really believe Jesus is anointed with miracle healing power, 
Let's get him up on the roof and let's lower him down through the roof. We're not just having a workout. We're not just trying to lower this guy down. Maybe we feel like we need a back workout today. Let's lower him down on some ropes. No, no, we're doing this because he's going to get healed. He's going to get healed. And so we're gathering ropes. We're gathering, gathering hammers and uh, not because we don't have anything else to do in life. No, no, we're doing this because we're going to build a temple. We're going to get this person healed, and we're going to see the glory of God manifest in our lives. Mm-mm. And when you do things like that, Jesus smiles, and he says, I can see their faith. I can see their faith. Now, I want to encourage you today to continue to break through. Do what you can, and walk it out step by step. Don't try to jump from step C to like R or Q or something like that. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Praise the Lord. And you're going to get there. But all you have to do is take that next step. That's all you have to do. You have to, you have to accomplish that next goal. <laughs> and then when you get there and God's grace has helped you to arrive at that place, then you go on to the next step after that. Mm-mm. The anointing is flowing and the mystery of miracles is being removed. Now, there will always be an element of mystery with miracles because God's involved in it. We'll never understand everything about God, his beauty, signs, wonders, miracles. They, they are supernatural. But the mechanics, the mystery of the mechanics, how that works, we don't want that to be a mystery. Praise God. We'll let God in his mysterious ways remain a mystery. But when it comes to us doing our part, let's not be in the dark on that. Let's walk in the light. Let's break through. Let us let us break through, and God, when he needs to break through, you know he's going to. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. You know, that when the Lord broke through for David and his army, it's not like David and his guys were sitting around having a picnic. No, they're ready to go. <laughs> and, and so, in other words, they're moving. They're demonstrating faith, and when God saw that, boom, God went and broke through, just like a, a, like a, it's like a dam broke, and the water rushed out and overwhelmed the enemy. It stunned David. I believe that if you'll do this, you'll have those moments too where you see God's power rush into your life and you just flat out fall on your face and say, my goodness, I've never seen God move like this in my life. And others will say, oh, it's a miracle. Oh, it's, a, it's just a miracle. And it, yes, it is a miracle, but it didn't just happen automatically. It didn't happen because you're having a picnic. It happened because you, you're trying to cooperate with God and you're trying to walk this out to the best of your understanding of what God expects you to do and you giving your all, you giving your best. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. I see you crossing the finish line and smiling. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, bless your people. I thank you for your miracle power operating in their lives. I thank, I thank you that they're going to receive that touch from the Lord, whether it's a healing touch or a deliverance touch, or whatever it might be that they need, you're going to move in their life. And I see that the wisdom of Solomon beginning to flow in their life through well-ordered plans concerning that miracle they desire. Well-ordered plans. Thank you, Father God. Show them the next step to take and let them be busy about it. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Somebody's thinking, Pastor Stephen, I need to get a ladder. Yep, whatever it might be. If you have to get up on the roof to get your miracle, whatever it might be. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're also watching today's program and you don't know Christ 
as your Lord and Savior. It's time for you to break through into salvation today. God's not going to force you to get saved. God's not going to reach out and grab you and say, I demand that you take this. No, he gives you the choice of where you want to spend eternity in heaven with him or in hell. And you already know which one is the good option. So if you have not made the, the decision to receive Christ, then pray this prayer with an open heart. Pray it right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and that you rose on the third day and that you made atonement for my sins. Jesus, I give my heart to you now. Wash all my sins away and write my name in your book of life. Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me right now. In your name I pray, amen and amen. And Jesus has honored your faith. He has saved you by grace through faith. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Let's all take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread and grab some grape juice and let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. We set it apart as holy. And as we receive it, we thank you that we are receiving the body and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. Thank you, O God. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We thank you that by his stripes we are healed. For those that need physical healing, receive, as you receive now, the body, the flesh of Jesus Christ. Receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. And I want you to do something right now. In verse 16, Second Chronicles chapter 8, it says, Now all the work of Solomon was well ordered. I want you to put your name there in the place of Solomon. Now all the work of John or Mark or Susie or Sarah or whoever it might be. Now all the work, and personalize that, was well ordered. Now all the work of, put your name in there, was well ordered. God's delivering somebody from a confusion Chaos spirit. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. See, we have the kingly anointing. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. In verse 21, it talks about how we rule and reign in life with Christ as kings. Uh, But you you can't act as a king if you're all confused. And Solomon had everything well ordered. And I see that anointing of the spirit that was upon Solomon touching you, your mind, the way you think, the way you operate, the way you plan, so that everything is well ordered. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. As we receive it, we ask that you would wash all of our sins away, even sins of, maybe we could call them sins of disorder. Sins of horrible planning, or worse worse than that, no planning at all. (laughs) And somehow expecting that you were going to honor that. Father, we do thank you that there is, uh, in some ways, the the go with the flow of your spirit. And we're always open to that. But in other areas, Father, uh, particularly in areas of accomplishing certain tasks, there must be planning and organization. So we thank you for an anointing to be excellent in that area. Let a spirit of excellence be upon your people now as we receive the blood of Jesus. In his name we pray.
Amen. Let's partake together. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now all the work of you, put your name there. All your work is well ordered from the beginning to the conclusion. Praise the Lord. And I see a glorious conclusion. Thank you, Father. Father, bless your people. Let them run with this revelation. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, O God, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time.